You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of The Comedy Cellar and the host of your show. I'm here with... Dan Natterman, we're at the back table of the Comedy Cellar. We have one of my favorite comedians, Mr. Gary Veter. Oh, thanks. Is no. he? I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right now, he just. Said I, 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 I took a lot. I took, uh, I took per, per, uh, personal interest in Gary Veter and getting him into the in, into the Comedy Cellar. Oh, okay. I, actually, I saw him first. Uh, he was on the same show with uh, um, uh, uh, Pete Davidson. Yeah, at Caroline's. Caroline's yeah. And uh, and I I was I like both of them, but uh, Gary in particular. Pete, Pete was just uh, young and he had, he had almost no material, but he was just he was like what eighteen nineteen. Oh yeah. And he had you know he had a lot of star quality, but Gary's material struck me. Okay, and we're joined by Ryan Casada, who is a twenty four year old Los Angeles based singer songwriter and transgender activist, and and is transgender, correct? Correct. Yeah. You might, you might have put that in. Okay. Well, that's sort of implied if you're a transgender activist. Generally, generally speaking. I, I can't be an activist for the you NAACP? Could you okay. could be. It okay. would be an unusual thing. Go ahead. He's appeared on TV often to speak about being transgender. My apologies. He's also been the subject of a documentary called titled, uh, t- titled Songs for Alexis and starred in a movie titled Collective Unconscious that premiered on South by Southwest. That's a network, South by Southwest? Oh, to a film festival. Boy, film are you uncool. Yeah. You knew that? <laughs> it's South by it's Southwest. Like, it's a festival every year in Texas. It's, it's like the biggest one in okay. the world. <laughs> they call it South by. Take it know, easy, Ryan. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's an old man. Give him a break. <laughs> and his latest full-length album is called Shine and is available on iTunes and Spotify. And he came to our attention because he wrote an article called... We didn't... We didn't this is, this, is our, this is our producer, Stephen, and he just does not make it well, easy Well, he's more me. of a guest booker than a producer. What, what's the article's name? What's the article that you wrote? Um, I don't remember the name of the article because they changed it. Well, but the, point, the point of the article was, yeah. which was that as opposed to uh, many people who are very easily insulted these days across mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, aspects, you don't get all bent out of shape if somebody uses the wrong pronoun or somebody has trouble remembering uh, whatever it is, correct? Yeah, it's like, why do I need to correct a stranger if they get the wrong pronouns, you know? But let's establish that you were born a biological female. Yeah. And you identify as a male. Yeah. Okay, just so we're established. Because his voice is very feminine. And, and that's one of the reasons. Stereotypically. Well, and, and, and Ryan's mom is here. And I know this much, Ryan does not take testosterone shots yeah. because he doesn't want to change the quality of his singing voice. Yeah. Uh, so that's why uh, he maintains the kind of a, uh, a tenor. Hey, whatever you know that chick Sharice, uh, she's a transgender female to male, right? You know Sharice? No. Sharice Parambanco or something like that, Filipino chick. She sang with Celine Dion. No, never mind then. Okay, so now can I ask you? <laughs> can I ask you a few questions about um, the transgender experience because it it is fascinating and um, it's something that. Uh, that I think people are interested in they're afraid to, they're literally afraid to ask. So yeah. at the earliest age, you always felt that you were of a different sex than what your what people told you. Is that is that right? Or is yeah, that- I mean I always um was like one of the boys, especially with my brothers and friends and everything. And my dad always called us his three sons as like a joke before I came out. He was a friend of Fred McMurray. 
No, he doesn't. She sings. Too young. Too young for that. But um, so, I as soon as I hit puberty is when I like realized, you know, that things were different because you know things were developing and stuff. So it's like sort of like a, like obvious, you know, that this feels wrong. So yeah, it's just you know I think trying to describe the transgender experience to a uh, non-transgender or cisgender, as they say. It's kind of like trying to tell a guy who's been blind from birth what red looks, the color red looks like. I mean, it would be almost impossible, I think, to really to uh, transmit exactly what it feels like. You say you felt like one of the boys. I can understand what that would mean. You like mm -hmm. ma masculine things. You like to play with guns. You like to <laughs> wrestle, you know, get in the mud, etc. The question is, is but what is it like? So I can very easily understand what it's like to feel, to like masculine shit. Mm -hmm. But the question then becomes is, well, why not just like masculine shit in a female body? Because well, what it comes down to is being uncomfortable in my body. So, like, I was, I mean, I was really depressed until I got my uh, top surgery. So... That was something like that I had to change about myself so that I would be able What's to top, what walk is top, through what is society. Top uh, basically, it's like can you guess? No, reconstruction you... of the you, female chest. You removed so your it's breasts, flat, so... so it's flat. You know, because okay. so, I was wearing before that, I was wearing a chest binder that uh, made my chest flat, and that is very painful to do. So. I think it's just very, very... I think we could, we'll could. we never really be able to understand what it's like to well, I, I, not be comfortable in your body. Oh, we, I understand what that's like. But I, I actually I actually <laughs> took it as more... And then, I, mean, I don't want to dwell on this, but I, I always took it as, as not so much wanting to do masculine things, but, but masculine identification in a sense like, like my son Manny, wants to be, if he picks a superhero, he wants to be Batman. But I imagine you probably wanted to be Batman. Like, you don't want to be Batgirl, right, when you're, like, playing games. You, you, you saw yourself more as the, as the male superhero. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't really have much to do with, like, masculine and feminine as it has to do with, like, a sense of who you are and what your gender Sorry, is but and I, how you want to be referred to in life. I think you can I'm, want I'm, more, I'm way more empathetic than Dan is. I can, I can feel other people. Dan can't. Dan well, you no can't idea. feel it because it's impossible. <laughs> you, well, yeah, you, it can, you can want to be Batman and still not mind having a female body. You know, there's, 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 there's very masculine women that are perfectly happy with a vagina and with breasts. But they like male shit. They identify with male things. I think they're That's two my point. separate. Yeah, it's about being uncomfortable. But, but to in your really body. understand what it's like to look at your female body and say this ain't right, I, w I would think is 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 probably just plain impossible to understand if you're not. And 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 probably the re the reason for which there is so much prejudice that still exists is because it's very hard to. Because it sounds like you know to somebody that has an experience, it sounds like well just get over it, just be a dude. And keep your breasts. But I don't agree with anything I mean, Dan is saying. But go ahead. I mean, it's hard to understand because uh, you could also just be gay too. Mm -hmm. So that you know, so I don't you know. It, to me, it's like there you do have there's an option, but it's just it, you know, that part is confusing. Wait, wait, so 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 your sexual orientation is Straight. that that is to say you you identify as a man, but you what, what do you say you're attracted like to? Um, I I mostly lean towards men, um, but sexuality and gender identity don't make each other one way or else like if if like if uh being trans meant that i automatically liked women and that's how like my gender determined my sex then there would be no gay people on the planet like everyone would just like transition you know so like 
your gen- your gender identity there, has I, no. I, I'm, I'm so confused. Yeah, yeah. I know. I understand well, exactly what he's saying. What he's saying is he identifies as a male, but he likes women. Yeah. Is that or you identify as a male, but you like men? Yeah. I forgot. Mostly, yeah. You like men. Yeah. You identify as a man and you like men. Yeah. Also, that, gotcha. makes, that makes you gay. In a sense, I just say I'm queer. In a sense, so and then so then the other thing that fascinates me is that you seem to be very very lucky, unless it's you know hasn't always been this way that you have parents who were made it easy for you. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't always been this way, but it is is. now. What what was it like, Mom? Was it hard for you? Well, at first it was a little confusing. I said, I I believe what you're saying is true, but because I'm a woman who really enjoys being a woman, I can't really feel what you're feeling. I believe that it's true, but I just can't feel what what you're feeling. Maybe 13 or 14. Yeah, but, but even, you, even to come to your mother and say that at that age, I think, requires a particular confidence in the relationship. And I really didn't know any transgender people, so I didn't really understand much of anything at all. So I said, you know, maybe you should just put it on the back burner for now because there's really nothing you can do about it. And I was wrong because now Ryan is like one of the greatest activists that there are. Oh, good for him. <laughs> did, did, did you feel, did you did you rack your brain and say, like, this, I'm going to say this, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I can imagine the parents like, like, where do we go wrong? How do we, what do we do? No, I never thought that because... Did we cause this in some way? I always thought, uh, I knew as a a small child, Ryan was not a straight, you know, cis person. I I just knew that, you know, I just, I just knew that. You didn't know the, the word cis obviously was not No, I didn't know that. But I said, oh, this kid, yeah, my daughter's definitely a lesbian. And that's what I always thought and it didn't really bother me at all. you know, what difference does that make? Well, you couldn't have been more wrong because he likes dudes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now look how confusing life has gotten. Let me hate dudes. Look well, how well, confusing well, life Ryan, let me ask you this question. If you were forced because the technology just wasn't there to give you a more masculine form, forced to live in a feminine body, just how untenant would, would you be able to do that or would it be almost impossible, if not impossible, psychologically? I think it would be completely impossible. I think if I didn't get my top surgery as young as I did, I would not be here. Wait, what do you mean not be here? Wait, you? I would. I was. No, like, we gotta so spell suicidal. everything out for you. You mean ki- would, yeah. would kill yourself? Yeah. Wow. It didn't mean not be here. It has to be painful. It has, has to be painful for a mother to hear. You know? And is that like a common theme that you like talking to other transgender people? They feel the same exact way. Yeah, that, I mean, across uh, the, board? the suicide rate is about fifty percent. Oh, wow. Attempt suicide, okay. so... In your article, you said something yeah. that I thought was very, very... How old are you? I'm 24 now. Which, is, which I thought was very, very profound and, and maybe wise uh, above exceeding your years. You wrote that the only way to change is to educate people. You can correct the way... Or prior, I'll read the two paragraphs. I have transgender friends that get so mad to the point they would yell at a waiter for calling them the wrong pronouns. I happen to believe that it's not the waiter's fault. It's something that has been taught by society, a social construct. It's not hateful. It's not hateful. It's just ignorant. The only way to change is to educate people. You can correct the waiter nicely, and maybe he won't be so quick to judge someone's gender upon meeting them. Or maybe next time he'll ask what someone would like to be called. Or you can educate in other ways. I like to go into high school and colleges and talk about being transgender. If they know we exist, they are less likely to assume strangers assume gender. I think that is so absolutely correct and I think it doesn't just apply to transgender it applies to so many social issues including the stuff that went on in Charlottesville about taking down the confederate flag I had the same thought 
that because I know a lot of Southerners, I know, you know, and they really, many of them don't believe the Confederate, they don't think they're racist and they don't believe the Confederate flag means that they're racist, but they identify with it because it's been there their whole lives. Like, you know, uh, uh, what's the show? Um, Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, you know? So you He's go over and say, the you need to take down that flag. And if you don't, you're a racist. And their first reaction is, fuck you, I'm not a racist. And if, I, and if by taking down the flag means I have to admit to being a racist, I'm not taking down the fucking flag. Or you can come to them nicely, a la Ryan, and say, listen, I'm not saying you're racist. I get it, you've grown up around with it. But you have to understand how this, you know, I'm black, and how right. this was the flag of the people Start who, the conversation, who enslaved us. And maybe you can see it from my point of view. And they say, oh, you know, okay, yeah, maybe I should take it down, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I want to be nice, not, but not be, I'm not saying I'm, a ra- I'm not a racist, but you explain it to me nicely, and, then, and I think you get way more results that way, yeah. in general. Not, Your approach I, definitely matters. And, 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 in fact, Ryan has a Confederate flag tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> on her chest. Yeah, right. On his chest. And, and, then, and, then, and, people, and then you can talk to people, and then things tend to work out a lot better. And did, did you always have that? Is that just your personality? You're easygoing, or did you always have that attitude about things? I mean, I really think it's it, it's so important. But, but, yeah, well, I I've been out for a long time. Like I've been out in the queer community for over ten years, and I've seen this community change so much. I've when when I first came out as transgender, and I told someone hey, I'm transgender, they would say, what the hell is that? Like, they had never heard of it before. And now I could, like, tell a complete stranger I'm trans, not even transgender, and they know what I'm talking about. So, like, things have changed so much. And, like, part of that is because people went out and educated, you know? Like, we, I, I spent my entire high school time educating my school so that when I left that school, I knew that that school would be a better place than when I was in it. That's what, you know, I was actually early to this. My grandmother, God bless my grandmother, I can remember when I was like 14 years old wanting me to read, was it Christine Jorgensen? Was that her name? His name? Her name? I don't, I can't, her I don't, name. Her, her name. She went from male to female? Was, yep. she, was, was she a tennis player or something? Um, no, that was, or, that's right. You're thinking of Renee Richards. Who was Christine yeah. Jorgensen? She was the first trans woman to get surgery, I think. Yeah, that was a movie, The Dutch Girl or something. She did something. Anyway, but the point is my grand... Danish lady? I don't remember. I didn't read the book, but I just remember my grandmother trying to get me to read the book because my grandmother was so taken with this story. Yeah. And she felt, for whatever reason, I mean, this is someone who was born in like 1899, she felt very strongly about this issue and and had enormous sympathy for this issue. This is in the early 70s, and it it always stayed with me. And then growing up in the village, I guess, and I was always pretty open to it. Uh, but so I'm, I see, I'm very happy to see that this is, uh, and the country's, the country's turning around pretty quickly on this, right? I would say so. People think we haven't gotten anywhere, but just like that little thing I just told you before about uh, saying I'm transgender and people understand it now, like that means that things have progressed a lot. Well, I just read in the paper today, or the paper on the internet, but and I don't actually agree with this, that Stanford, Connecticut has now stricken all hey, pronouns from wait its... Wait a minute, I'm from Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, they just, they just struck... I was just in Stanford, Connecticut. They just struck all pronouns from their official documents or something. You can't say he or she anymore, which... You know, I mean, it's not life will go on without he or she. My mother didn't mention that at lunch yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but it, se- it seems a bit much. I mean, you use he or she when you talk, right? Yeah, or they. 
No, but, but I said, yeah. like, if you were going to talk about me, like, you went home and said uh, you, would talk, you would describe me as he. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you but if I didn't know someone's gender, I would just say they. If you didn't well, know. So you're, you're saying that in your mind, and I don't think I agree with this necessarily, but say I met somebody, and I met Noam, and I just started saying, I didn't know, say I didn't know him, and I met him tonight, and I said, yeah, he, uh, he, he, he owns the club. Mm-hmm. You would say that that would be rude because I didn't ask him? No. No, is, are you saying, Ryan, that it would be rude for me, in your mind, to simply assume that it's that Noam is a he? Well, we we know. Well, we know, but say I just met him tonight, <laughs> and I look at him, and they believe there's nothing yeah. feminine about him, as you as you as you can see. Well, not with my clothes on. <laughs> but uh, say that uh, I just, as I typically would do, I met him, and I and he introduced himself as Noam, the owner of the club, or or some some uh, gender ambiguous name like Robin, no owner of the club. And I said, oh, yeah, that, that guy, he owns the club. So you, you were saying, and in your mind, that would be wrong to do that. No, I, I mean, I, unless you called him he, and he said, that's not my pronoun, I prefer they or she, then it's not really wrong, I don't think. Like, I think if you can't really tell someone's gender, it's okay, better so to ask than assume. you're saying in an ambiguous case. Yeah. Well, if somebody's clearly a dude, like I would say Noam is clearly a dude, um... What about Gary? And a, and a straight dude. <laughs> yeah, and a straight dude. Well, Gary's got a beard, so I would say yes. I would say yes. I think it goes by your intentions. If your intentions are negative to go along with it, like if you're calling yeah. Noma he, you know, when Just you... to be an when, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Then, it, then, it's, then it's a problem. And that goes with anything, you know? So, so when typically people see you and they don't know you, they assume what? They don't know. They just don't know. They're... I get so, like, mixed responses of what I am. But even this, like, so I'm, like, so afraid to use public bathrooms. So tonight, I, I went in the women's room with my mom, and nobody looked at me. But if also, it, the same clothes and everything, I bet you if I go to Penn Station right now and go in the men's room, no one's going to look at me either. Where would you prefer to go? I would prefer to go in the men's room, but I'd prefer not to get assaulted. Right. Why, why do you prefer to go in the men's room? Because I, I prefer identify, to go in the ladies' room. Yeah. <laughs> identify as a man, so I feel like I should be in that bathroom. Of course, a lot, yeah, of, ma- a lot of men would be happy and to go the into the ladies' room. And also the line's real much right. shorter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, but you haven't had uh, bottom surgery. No. You're going to uh, use a stall now, either no, way. No, I don't have to explain to you what bottom surgery is. You, I assume, from the context, <laughs> would guess. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it. But that seems... What, is that something that's in your future? No. You don't want to do that. That is, like, such a painful surgery Ew. that people don't even, like, consider the pain sometimes before they get it. Well, what are, like, is shocked. it? like, I can understand, you know, like, uh, going the other way. You take the penis out mm-hmm. and you, you know, I don't know what they do, but it seems like it would be easier easier than going toward the male okay. side. Okay. Can I just say something? You don't want to have this discussion? No, I don't know if we want to have it or not. I want, I want to say that because I'm going to call it one thing. Oh, go ahead. I don't want this to veer into some sort of like uh, uh, the God forbid that that he thinks that we're treating this as like an oddity, and that we want to discuss that. Now, if you want, if you don't mind discussing it, whatever you're interested, it's certainly it's certainly normal human to be curious about these things. Yeah. That's not my main interest, and I'm much more interested in in the psychology and the, and almost the political aspects of, of where mm-hmm. you're coming from. So, if you don't want to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Don't answer them. If you don't mind answering them, I don't think that they, his intention is not bad, but I don't want you to feel... Well, because yeah, yeah. if the notion is yeah. that you're very uncomfortable with your own physicality, I, one would think that that would be an important thing. Yeah, I mean, for some people, it is life or death. Same way the going on hormones is life or death. 
But for me, like getting my top surgery was enough. So just so that you have the physical exterior um, manifestations uh, mm -hmm. per se. Yeah. Of, uh, I mean, eventually, like, I mean, I've been out so long that I just got to a point where, like, I realized that genitalia doesn't determine somebody's gender. So I don't, I don't even know, like, what I'm expecting, you know? So I don't, I don't, like, assume anything, really. So I don't assume things about myself anymore. So it, it, it is very complicated. Yeah. No, no, it, 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 it is. It's fascinating. You know, um, uh, it's it's also fascinating to me that for throughout as long as human beings have roamed the planet, there have been people suffering with this psychology. You know, and and uh, and, and they and they had to live with it. You know, and maybe they did kill themselves and have hor horrible things. You know, so uh, I imagine, and and this kind of would be an argument for people to be a little less angry is to think how fortunate you are to be living in America in 2008 or in the Western world where, you know, you, may, you, you still may come across some uh, uh, hateful or, or mm -hmm. ridicule, whatever it is, but you can probably cocoon yourself into a pretty happy lifestyle now mm -hmm. among the people that you surround yourself with. Depending on where with. you live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that, that's new. That's mm -hmm. new to the world, right? Mm -hmm. So, Well, you know, they, there, is, there is evidence of civilizations in the past, uh, certain Native American civilizations that... that, that, that Actually, uh, welcome transgender peoples, and uh, mm -hmm. so I've heard. Yeah, but I read but that you gotta some... live in a teepee. Well, yeah. <laughs> be that as it may, uh, I don't know that it. Come on, Dan. in the length and breadth of human history, I think there have been other societies that were somewhat accepting of this, or so I read. There, but, there definitely was. Oh, you know, you hear about these things. I, I doubt it. Anyway, uh, there, was, no. there was a character in the movie Little Big Man with Dustin Hoffman, that 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 that, that uh, molester Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. By the way, do you have a take on the Me Too thing? This is, this is interesting to me because you, you feel like a man, but I'm prejudiced in this sense. I feel like without that raging testosterone coursing through your veins and your neurons, that you probably don't really understand what it means to be a sex-crazed a sex man. Well, I don't think I'll ever understand what it means to be cis, you know? I'll never have that experience. So, so, so can you no identify with... With men, in terms of you know the, the way they act sexually, and uh, do you have a, do you have a take on do you, do you do you sympathize more? Do you sympath? Are you able to? That's the wrong sentence. But how do you feel about the Me Too thing? Yeah, well, I think that <coughs> I don't I don't necessarily think it's just men that are sexually assaulting. I think it's also women too, and for some reason that's not being spoken about. Um, but I've been in instances where women have taken advantage of me and I think like no, everyone would think that's like stupid to talk about because oh a girl took advantage of a guy How, what does that you know mean? But, well I've been there myself so a girl knowing knowing the, your profile mm -hmm. tried to get you into bed as a as a transgender man yeah or just you know it happens like I think it happens it even happens in people that married relationships like you know people get get mad if like their partner won't have sex with them or something for a couple days or whatever but it's like i don't know like i think that it's like a really sensitive issue right now and i think that people are very like affected by sex i think mainly because like it's so like it's seen as such like a taboo thing and like oh, we shouldn't have sex till marriage and we shouldn't be sexual beings. But, like, humans are sexual beings. But it's, like, not okay for someone to, like, do something without asking, you know? Especially 
but I mean also like if I was in a, if I was in a situation where someone was treating me in a way and I could get out of that situation then I would leave you know but if I can't get out of the situation which has happened like then I don't think like you know like there's nothing that I could do you know so I, we, got, we got a lot of flack um What's your biggest audience on Instagram? They might find that Mo it's fast. The response is fascinating. Give it a chance now. My biggest audience currently is it's like sixty-five percent female, and you would you would think that it would be a lot of trans men. Why? That is to say, sixty-five percent cis female. Yeah, uh, I would so think, I, I, or I, I, whatever they are. So I, I, heard, I heard your I heard the one song on on uh, YouTube, and I really really like it. It's really really happy and and peppy, you know. <laughs> Did we mention he was a singer? Did we mention that earlier in the? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. just to re, re, re uh, just to uh, you know, re, <laughs> and recap, very, he is a singer. And very commercial, and I, I I can't wait to go home and play for my daughter because she, I think she's gonna love music. She loves music like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, is, are, you, are you having good good success with your music career? Yeah, I mean I've. I've been all over the world. You play an instrument too? I play guitar, piano, and harmonica. I play guitar and piano, not harmonica. Cool. I thought you were gonna we were gonna play together or something. Why not? Well, if you well, have a guitar, no, nobody brought a guitar. Well, you're the one with the guitar. You're the producer. I don't carry yeah. my guitar around. All right. You can go upstairs. There's no, a guitar. No, no, it's too late. So, so, no, there's a guitar upstairs. So we no? got. I got some criticism on the phone. Mm-hmm. From somebody, you know, we talked a lot about the Me Too things with Louie and all yeah. that stuff. And I've been pretty vocal about, and, and by the way, the world is coming around uh, uh, about feeling that procedurally uh, that, uh, that, uh, that men are getting taken down left to right without any kind of uh, consistency and without any right, no way to defend themselves. And, and it just, it, it made me very, very uncomfortable. And somebody on the phone, somebody I respect, said that we ought to have a guest on who, who um, who, from the feminist point of view, or, for, or from a woman's point of view, explaining... Where did Steven go? He's getting a guitar. I told him not to. All right. Look, explaining uh, so, we, so that we could show that we are actually sympathetic to women on this show and the, the position that women are in. And um, That's why I'm here. Yeah, that's why Gary's here. <laughs> Steven, we're not getting the guitar. Forget about the guitar. You didn't, you didn't get us the, a woman to talk about the Me Too thing like we asked. You couldn't find a single woman. Jeez. This is the hottest issue in the country. <laughs> and you couldn't find one woman who could come on and, and, and take the, 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 the Me Too side. They, they didn't really, they didn't, they didn't want to go. I th who's they? The, the people that I asked. Yeah. Well, well we got plenty of other stuff to talk so, about. So, so we, want, we really want to have somebody in the future. Uh, because we, we, are extreme, we, are, Dan, we are extremely sympathetic to, to women being... Uh, do you want to say something, Stephen? Well, we have someone booked for like a few weeks from now, but yeah. we just couldn't get him on short notice. All right, so uh, you're leaving me hanging here. In any event, uh, so I was kind of hoping that, that you could say something about it to cover me. But I don't know, Gary, what, what's your take on the whole the Me Too thing? I mean, as far as, uh, you know, basically like lynch mobs going after people, I think that people kind of jump on, you know, the bandwagon. It's like a lot of, some of the, some cases obviously are, are, you know, legitimate, but then there are cases that, you know, where, I mean, I'm not in any of those situations, so you can't say what happens behind closed doors, but a lot of the times where it seems like, you know, a situation with, like, a, a Ben Affleck, where he's uh, accused of grabbing someone's ass, like, 10 years ago, to me, that doesn't seem, like, that serious. Meanwhile, he was a guy who initially was trying to, like, you know, stand up to it and, and, uh, and you know, be against people, like, you know, for, say, like, Harvey Weinstein or, or whatnot, but, uh, 
but he's going, you know, somebody makes a, a comment, then they immediately like try and dig up dirt on that person and then go after go after him. And, you know, it's easy to attack somebody who who's famous because you could have a, a million people respond on Twitter and those people just, you know, keep on responding. And it's easy to, you know, if everyone's saying negative things to just jump on that bandwagon. Well, yeah, look, I um, you have like three categories uh, the first category is, and I'm very, very intolerant of this, and I've always been, where somebody is in a power position such that any little request is difficult for them to turn down. Like I had years ago, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the air, but I thought I think it just occurred to me recently. I used to have a no back rub policy in my staff because I'd see like the male waiters like giving back rubs to the female waiters. Yeah. And I always felt that there's just, this is something wrong with this, you know, that there's a little leverage here in the workplace where they don't want to make waves. It's like, don't fucking touch anybody. Not, you know, when you, when you get off work, do what you want. I don't want to see anybody touching each other. I always tell my door guys. And when they get off work, touch each other. They do. I, 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 I don't want my door guys putting their hands on anybody. Just, just like everybody, right. keep their hands up. I didn't like the kiss goodbye. I was always very careful about complimenting a waitress or anything and I and I I married a waitress it wasn't like I was hands off but I was always very aware so and that's the classic sexual harassment where somebody doesn't want to resist even even something which isn't like getting like a back rub they don't they just because they don't want to uh, suffer any consequences at work right and I'm actually very 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 extremely sympathetic to that and to but to eradicate that, you're going to need, first of all, bosses to have policies like I'm talking about. And at some point, you're also going to need to have women, it's usually women, coming forward and not being afraid to say that they feel this is inappropriate or that they're feeling pressure. And it's hard to get them to do that. And that's really, I think, I predict that that will be the bottleneck five years from now. It's just they haven't figured out how to get women to put away the embarrassment and be willing to come forward. And I don't think it's because they're worried about retribution, although that might be sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think there's something deep within people. They just don't want to tattletale. They just don't want to come forward. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is the clear criminal behavior, like Harvey Weinstein, where people are doing something which, if you could catch them, they'd, they'd be doing time. Right. And then you have, and this is why I must say, then you have the, the Louis category, which they tried to shape it as that he was in a power position, but I think that we know... He wasn't in a power position back in 2003 or whatever. He was just like the, the hotel room. He's hanging out with some other comics. They're hanging out all night. They're drinking a smoking pot. They go up to a hotel room. You're in a hotel room at 2 in the morning with a dude. You know, what a shock. He's he looking to, you know, do something sexual. And he crosses a line of some kind of appropriate behavior. And appropriate is defined by what you can get away with. Like, you know, if they'd been into it, nobody would have said anything he asked was inappropriate, but they, they weren't into it, so, so it's inappropriate. And I'll agree that it's inappropriate. But that, to me, is the weakest scenario for taking somebody down publicly. He wasn't using his power. He wasn't trying to, to, right. to, to force him into anything. He wasn't committing a crime or doing something like that. He was just a dude who, who crossed over a line. Now, maybe it's because he's drunk or he's high or because... He, he felt he got signals, or maybe that's just, you know, that's just his, his uncontrollable urge. But it doesn't seem morally comparable, even to the lesser thing of the guy, of the, of the, the manager giving the waitress a back row, where she has the heebie-jeebies because she can't stop him. She's right. got to fucking put up with the back row because it's her manager, you know? I know, that, that's my take on it, but it, it gets to, it's clearly misunderstood a lot of the time. What, what do you think about it? I think, I mean, 
I don't know. I feel like if I was in the situa like the situation with Louis C.K., I'd be like, hey, I'm just going to go back to my hotel and sleep right now. I'm really tired. You know, and I would get out of the situation if I didn't like it. But, like, I don't know. I, I used to live in San Francisco, and I'll be honest, like, I would go to the Castro Theater, go see a movie. Do you know how, how many gay men would touch my butt? And, like, honestly, I don't care. Like, it didn't bother me, you know? Like, they were attractive. Like, I don't care, you know? But, like, if someone did that and I said, do not do that, and they did it again, like, That's then I would be like, that is messed up, you know? Like, you should, like, you know, like, that is not cool, you know? But what's the Castro Theater? Oh, the Castro is, like, the, the gayest neighborhood in San Francisco. And, and these movies are gay content movies? No, no it's not just a regular even, movie. No, just any movie. Family ah, movies, E.T., whatever. And I was like, the Magic Johnson Theater yeah. is not all black <laughs> movies. I'm just asking. All no, right. it's just, like, a very famous theater. It shows every, like... Any type of movie, any uh, classic movie that people would love to see, you know, is it would be there. I'll tell you what I was saying. Like, I imagine, like, if it's a if it's a sexually no, it's not charged a sexual thing, theater. A touch on the butt would, <laughs> yeah. be, I would not be more common be than there. In a, going to see Star Wars, you know. <laughs> no, but in I mean, I don't know. It's just like San Francisco culture, you know. But like, if it was like, I I've never been in a situation where like my boss has like touched me inappropriately, you know, so I don't know how it would well, feel, but I think I would feel, <laughs> yeah. I think I would feel, you know, bad about it and like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired, you know, so I can't say anything. So there, there becomes that thing where they're like trying to be more powerful and that's like not cool, but. I, yeah, I don't know why I see like if, if, if my, I have a daughter yeah. and believe me, I love my daughter mm -hmm. and if she came home and told me her boss gave her a back rope that she didn't oh, want, yeah. it would make me way more angry than if she told me, dude, dad, I went up to hotel room with this guy at two in the morning and he asked if he could masturbate in front of me like I would get that right I would say well sweetheart you know it's two in the morning maybe you shouldn't be out drinking you know don't go up to a hotel room with a, with a dude at two in the morning when you've been drinking because you know that's that's the kind of things that dudes do you know so that, and and even if she had to sit through the masturbation it would not bother me as much as the manager who gave her her back rub where she had to sit and take it because she was working for him. Yeah, because that's like a power trip, you know? He's like power tripping over her. By the yeah. way, no, I'm... Because she, she's, she's a hostage in the first situation. Yeah, exactly. The same situation, she's experiencing one of the less desirable aspects of life, but that's fucking life. You're, you're not going to change human beings. That's that's programmed. Men are going to be trying, or or women too, and alcohol and drugs. And doing, you know? I mean, you bring a woman up to a, uh, a hotel room, I mean, even if it's like a, a business conversation and you see, you know there's a bed in there, you're thinking about sex, no matter what. That crosses your mind, even in the most professional setting Absolutely. possible. I you hate, know? I hate that's just, to... Uh, that's just what happens. Even if you're just one-on-one -on -one with a woman, that's, uh, you know, like that's, uh, part, that crosses your mind. What I hate it? to do an abrupt Go ahead, Dad, gear go change here, ahead. but um, Gary's got some interesting things going on. He just did Colbert, and, he's, and oh, he is also... And he's also, you know, we talked last week. I don't know if you're, if you're into comedy at all, Ryan. But the Comedy Cellar has a um, pilot. You know what a pilot is? Yeah. In the showbiz context? Yeah. A uh, pilot with Comedy Central mm -hmm. to do a show that every week um, the comics talk about what's going on. The comics on stage do jokes about what's going yeah. on that week. It's kind of like best week ever, but with stand-up. So that we're in the midst right now of filming a pilot. And Gary is, is uh, tonight is is going to participate I am. in oh, the cool. pilot uh, shooting of the pilot. That's right. Uh, looking forward to it. Now, it's Gary, be a little nervous, but it should go well. well. But now, Gary, you were instructed, and uh, just to let the audience know, they're, they're taping all the comics tonight. I'm doing it tomorrow night, in fact. And you were instructed to talk about particular topics of the week or just talk about what you want to talk about or a little bit of both. 
Tell us about the process. Um, yeah, so you're basically given a, a list of topics, and uh, you kind of they kind of outlined it where you know yeah, you try and develop like some material towards these topics over like the previous like four days, which is when they like sent that email. So some of the topics would just be like um, you know the Golden Globes, which just happened, or um, you know st uh, stuff about Trump and uh, how he says that he has a, a bigger nuclear button than uh, uh, Kim Jong Un. Um, or, uh, you know, some things about, like, a uh, one of my things that they gave me was uh, about penis whitening that's going on in Bangkok, Thailand. Penis whitening? I don't know if that... What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I've never even heard of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but anyway, that's supposed to be, uh, you know, that's like another what is, story. What is penis whitening? I guess just a bunch of guys in Bangkok, Thailand, like, um, there's, there's a clinic that offers penis whitening, that they just whiten your penis, uh, because it's like a, a fad that's going on. It's, like, very popular, and apparently... Um, they think it's uh, you know just a, a more good, prestigious uh, to have yeah, a white penis. Yeah, I guess more prestigious. When you would think it actually would be better, obviously, to have a black penis. Well, <laughs> um, th stereotypes about penis size and race aside, um, you know, in Asia, very oftentimes, white uh, the whiter the better in their culture. I believe that uh, Japanese women with white porcelain skin are highly prized. Okay. Well, uh, well, maybe yeah, I, I just I, made that up. I don't know, but yeah. I don't research it. As much. I, I, I've never heard of penis whiting. I've heard of asshole bleaching. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Her well, mom is his mom is here. Well, this, this is a uh, this is the second time you you said her. I, I oh, forgive think. me. I one for me. So they gave you all these topics, and it is it's you know it's definitely hard because uh you know you're supposed to incorporate it in your stand up act. But you still want to, you know, you still have your act, so you you want it to like, you know, maintain, you know, basically your voice. Yes. So right. to do you're, that, you're not a monologue joke type guy. No. You but, talk about your foibles. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I, I'm a joke teller. And, and, and foibles you have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a joke teller. However, you know, incorporating like the, uh, you know, the current events where you could try and make it like, you know. Uh, you know, you know, incorporate yourself into these situations. It may, definitely makes it a little difficult. And plus, you know, you're doing jokes that are fairly new. So, uh, you know, they, some of these could bomb. I think what they should do, I'm going to put on my producer hat, if anybody's interested, in my opinion, is I think it might be um, productive to say have three nights where the audience is told this is the this week at the Comedy Cellar show. And the, the, the comedians are going to do some new stuff that they haven't done before. And it'll be a lot of topical stuff. And some of the comedians will talk about the same topic. So the audience kind of knows what's going on. And the comedians are more at ease because they know the audience knows. And maybe give us each a couple of nights so that if a joke doesn't work perfectly on Thursday, we could have it refined and ready to go by Friday or Saturday. Uh, so no Noam has a, Noam is the, as the executive, executive, top executive Emperor of this show. I, I actually, I actually did think that we should give people uh, uh, a chance to do more than one set. Um, but um, I can't say I was vetoed. I just, uh, I went, I went with the flow. But we do have an option for a pickup day to do another show if uh, if people want to reshoot some stuff if it doesn't go. Well, again, this is just a pilot. Now, um, what was your name again? The mother of Fran. I'm not sure if this is a show business term, a pilot. What that means is they're taping a show. I know what a pilot. Well, they know what a fucking yeah. pilot is. Not everybody, all right, because not everybody knows what a pilot is. <laughs> my mother would not know what a pilot is. If I tell my mother we were shooting a pilot, she would think it was an aviation-related. By the way, I, I want to apologize for the he or she. You know, first of all, you, you look just like somebody I know. Uh, somebody Charles in my, Somebody in my family uh, who happens to be a lesbian. 
Uh, so uh, happened. But but maybe maybe they maybe they have transgender leans. I don't know. But but anyway. So but I, it occurs to me, and we had an issue with someone who worked here one time, that the he or she, it I it's not something you think about. It comes. It's it it registers somewhere like a switch in the brain. And it is not something somebody thinks about before it comes out of their mouth. Totally. And you can't. I mean, you you you'd have to train them to. So whatever's like, I you meet somebody and whatever, and it, and 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 it registers. That's a he or that's a she. And I think to change that is uh, doesn't happen like that. It takes a little. Well, to, I got I to, got the hang of, I got it right away. Right I away. did not. Right away you when did I <laughs> I said I called you she by mistake before the show one time didn't happen a second time. Right, but you're, just being, you're, being, you're being careful. I'm good. I think, but you could tell when someone's going out of their way to use their own pronoun to make you feel bad. You could Absolutely. tell. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, they're using a lot of effort to do that. Like, certain people in my extended family still do that 10 years later. And I could tell, like, it's what, been 10 years. What do they years. do? What do they do? They say their own pronoun or they say my birth name, which I, I won't say right now, but... They um. They do it on purpose. They do it so on purpose. I mean, That's they've been horrible. looking at me as Ryan, as male for ten years. Like, you could like get it by now, you know. Like, you've had enough time to look me in the face and hear everyone around you say he. Like, you could get it by now. It's all about the intent. Well, um, Ray, See, Ray, you know, Ray had something to say uh, about the pilot friend. Is it all right if Ray grabs no, your? No, you can, you can take it again. Uh, take Gary's mic. Ray just had it. This Ray is. Uh, he, I apologize. Thank you. This uh, is Ray Allen. Well, uh, I'm just going to hide Who I just found out Hi. last week was an executive producer on this fucking uh, show. Here we, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, well, there's some controversy if you listen to the last episode. Yeah, you know, I've, I've just been I've been involved with this pilot since day one and kind of steered the ship. And you were actually angry at me for, for, for mentioning it. But mentioning what? When, I, when we were at that meeting. Now, uh, ladies, gentlemen, everybody, <laughs> uh, what's interesting is that there's lots of great ideas in the world and often they go nowhere. So we should all be grateful and happy that this great idea is being made into a television pilot on the premier comedy network. And I have great feeling about this show. Terrific feeling. And I'm going to walk around the corner now. We're going to go shows shoot have you had day great, one. Is this the first great feeling you've had in your career? Because Can I tell you something? <laughs> every project, I, want, I want the list of other great feelings Every had. project I've done, and you probably don't know this, everything has been a success. Latin Legends of Comedy that I self-produced and financed sold to 20th Century Fox. DailyComedy.com outlasted uh, NBC, TBS, and Budweiser's comedy websites. I co-founded that. LateNet was a big hit uh, with AOL, made, did very well. So every project I've been involved with Noam has been a success. All over I America, no people are saying, I feel for Noam right now. Uh, no, <laughs> this no, is not. Noam's, Noam's great idea is going to end up being picked up by Comedy Central, right. and he will not give me a smidgen of credit, and that's okay, <laughs> because I know that my colleagues know how hard I've worked on this. Now, I'm going to go walk around the corner. I will give you credit, and, and, sure, and he, do, he does work hard on Thank it. Thank you. He does. And we're gonna go, I'm going to go walk around the corner now. We're going to go shoot day one, and I'm very excited that Dan and Gary are going to be doing wonderful material well, I'm tonight doing, and tomorrow. I'm the, no, no, tomorrow. Tonight I'm on tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Gary's on tonight, and we certainly look forward to that. Yes. Yes, and you have two, by the way, you have two terrific uh, topics going on right now, back and forth. It's very interesting, and I'm mm. sorry to interrupt you, too. Uh, lovely people. It's okay, we're going to cut it out. No, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, that's it. I'll see you guys a little later. Well, let's try to bring the two together, if possible. This has never been tried before. We're going to try to bring together comedy, uh, comedy and transgender in one show. Uh, do you like Comedy Central? And will you be watching This Week at the Comedy Cellar, Ryan? 
Well, I'll I'll watch it to support y'all. Awesome. But I don't I well, I don't know if it's a lot support. of comedy. It has to be so funny for me to laugh. Oh, you won't like, like it. <laughs> I like most comedy I hear at open mics like. They're not well, funny at all. Well, you're going open all. mics by definition. Yeah. We're not open mics. This, 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 this is the comedy. This is, this is where all the most famous yeah, comedians I'm sure in the world perform. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be funny here, but yeah. in my hometown, it's well, not funny. Well, forget about your hometown. What is your hometown? In Suffolk I'm County. I'm from Bayshore. That's in yeah. Suffolk County. No offense to all, all of them, but... I mean, Suffolk County, any, if anything goes out that way. Yeah. So, uh, Mike Rabiglia introduced me to the concept of imposter syndrome this week. Do you guys know what imposter syndrome is? No idea. You, you know what it is, Steven? Uh, what happened to my phone? I, I, imposter syndrome. I never heard of it. Can you can you can you explain it easily, or should I? It's basically where, no matter how successful someone is, they always feel like a fraud. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, maybe that maybe that is what it is. And and I I haven't. Imposter syndrome is. Um, is a concept describing individuals who are marked by an inability to internalize their accomplishments and a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Yeah. So. I think I think I'm suffering now because I feel totally separated from all the, the all the the great things that have been happening around here for for a long time, and uh, I don't know what to do about that. Like this 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 TV show, and, okay. and, and, and that's also a comedian's mentality but too. But no, I'm not like a comedian. Always, you know, you you could have a great set, and then you feel still feel like you did shit. You know, and I feel like that also probably carries over to you because you're around it. So you've been around it so so long. That you know something, all this great stuff is happening, but I still feel like I mean, you know, I, I, I uh. tell, like like you know, what Gary knows. Like I used to, I used to have the wall, you know, and, yeah. and the wall was like really like I'm a musician. I was really in charge of that. I rehearsed the band twice a week, and I arranged all the music, and I performed, and it went from empty to lines out the door, you know, five, six, seven nights a week sometimes. And I didn't feel like an imposter then. Like that was my, con and I ran it for like 20 years. It was, just, and then opened the other the, the pussy. I had other accomplishments where I where I didn't feel that way. But the comedy cellar, yeah. Despite all the growth that it's had, and, and and I made a lot of decisions that, if I had made other decisions, or and people advocated other decisions, you know, the decisions to go the other way, I could see that we wouldn't have all the growth. In the end, the comedy cellar is about the comedians who write their material. And they are the product. And no matter what I do for a living, I always feel like, listen, I'm just putting the lights on. And, and they're, and it's them, you know? And I think that separates me. And that's why I'm having trouble really enjoying all this success. It's, uh, it's pretty troubling. Well, you know, um, of course, there's great comedians at many, many clubs in the city, but this is the club that's obviously done the best. So, so you're doing something, right? I, I know, yeah. but it's not. But I feel like what I'm doing. I feel like the other clubs are just the stuff they do wrong. Is so like, what are they thinking? I know. I mean, I agree. You. I mean, you go into a club and you're like, why? You're, like, I mean, I like. I mean, Caroline's is Caroline's, but like, you know, they have that name of like, oh, they're so prestigious. But you go in there and the lights are so bright when you're on stage there, and you're like, you know, if you dim the lights. You'd have a better show, just stuff like that, or and handing out a check while somebody's on stage. Exactly, handing like out why? a check. I mean, I mean, there are a million things, <laughs> but and there are a million little things that could be corrected. However, these people don't listen, and you you are you're around it, you see it, you 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 kind of just understand what works. And I feel like you know, uh, as much as it is uh, obviously the comics, it's just uh, listening to other people and you know people being able to critique it and you you know able to take criticism on top of that. Most people can't take criticism. Yeah, well, like Dan. So, yeah. so then, so then I had this idea about this show. I also can't take compliments very well either. I had this idea about this show, which would be like a, a topical 
and, and it was a good idea. We, we tape all like, uh, you know, 30 shows for the week. And then we edit all week and, and, and take all the comedians' material on topical stuff that's going on that week because it's kind of like a Twitter kind of thing. And, right. and, and the comedians will be into it and they make money. And, and it was a good idea. I mean, everybody jumped at it right away. And then Comedy Central gives us this big budget for a pretty big budget for a pilot and everything like that. So you would think I would have that pleasure, like, you know, it really was my idea. No, I'm like, whatever, you know, I, I can't. I'm having, I'm having a real, I didn't want to come to work today. Look, happiness, matter with me? happiness is hard to come by, and uh, it may be that your imposter syndrome, uh, it may well be there's no cure for it. It might be like high blood pressure. We can manage it as best we can, but uh, you're just going to have to live with it, with your imposter syndrome. I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's, a, big, it's a big problem for me now. Uh, anyway. uh, but many, many, many great men, uh, I assume, are of a similar uh, mind. Um, you think case. Donald Trump has imposter syndrome? But no, if you he's got the, up, he's got the opposite. He's got the opposite of imposter syndrome. What's he thinks well. He thinks that everything he did is genius. He is an imposter. <laughs> uh, but um, we, we we think he's, he's an. Imposter. Or maybe that's not what I mean. Maybe that's what he thinks. You know, you know, to the public, but uh, or it says to the public, but behind closed doors, he's like, you know, I got to I got to do more. How do I be more famous, even that you know than I already am? So maybe he's still, you know, he's, there's still like some type of. Uh, yeah, but you could be you know. suffering from clinical depression, though. No, I'm not depressed. Oh, okay. I'm not depressed. I, when I sit home with my kids, I'm the happy as can be. I just don't want to leave. Well, I, I think also after a certain age, the excitement. You know, you got this young Reiner. He's 24 years old, and uh, you know that he sees the world very differently than somebody in their 40s and 50s. It's all very exciting for him. His musical career. You we're, know, we're gonna cut. Do we have, can we put? Can we play a little bit of your song yeah, on the show? Sure. The producer Thank will you. cut in the cut in the song. But I just don't think at a, after a certain age, you're you not going to have the same excitement that you would have had at 30 or 40 when you owned the WAH. I think it's natural. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I mean, I remember when I was 29 auditioning, oh boy, I'd go to CBS to go on an audition. And I don't know, um, Gary, you're a bit younger than me, but if you're still, have, when you go on an audition, it's, it, it, my first time auditioning, it was like, oh my, God, I'm, I'm in show business. Oh, completely. I'm auditioning at, at CBS and my agent, I'd call my sister, my agent. Send him in on audition. That's right. Yeah. My mm -hmm. agent. Oh, totally. I mean, I'd be on that subway reading those lines. I was hoping everybody's looking at me like, ooh, there goes oh, you an got actor. a guitar? Let me, let me, is this, but uh, but that's all gone now. Okay. <laughs> now that my agent calls me up, I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in any case, oh, we got some guitars here. So I think it's a natural uh, diminution of enthusiasm with age. But do, do, we, you know, we, do we know what song I might know? I don't know. Like a Beatles song or a... I don't, honestly, I'm... Oh, I hope Brian is... Uh, yeah, I know. I hope Brian is good or this could be awkward. <laughs> that, <laughs> you can't play a string, guitar missing a string. He's missing a string, for God's sakes. No, I'm giving you a guitar. Huh? No, no. Well, well, uh, I'll, yeah, I, but I want to play. Do you know a song? I'll, I'll let you, if, you get, if you don't know a song, I'll, play, I'll just give you the guitar. Do you know a song I might know? Probably not. I don't know many cover songs. Because nope. I have to remember all my own songs. So it's you know, like... The Wait. What? The Wait, that's a great song. Wait. The, the, you know, the, uh, the, the way. But I sing everything in a different key than everything. Well, I'll play whatever key, whatever guys. key you want. Oh. <laughs> what key? Um, I don't, I think C. I think so. You want to do it with me? Or, or you want to play it? I'll try. Okay. All right, here we go, baby. This is the nat, the Can way. You cut this out? <laughs> I won't be perfectly until, okay. Roll into the net, go ahead. Yeah. You go, you start. Oh, well, I'll give you a one, two, three. And a one, start. and... <laughs> I need the key. Pulled into Nazareth, I was feeling about half past dead. Just need some place where I can lay my head. Hey, Mr. 
magic can you tell me where a man might find a bed just grin shook my hand knows all he said take a load off fanny take a load for free take a load off fanny you put the load right on me Another verse? What's the well, next that's up verse? to you. Two, three, What's the next verse? I don't know. <laughs> I'll do the chorus one more time. Take a load without Fanny. Take a load free. Take a load off Fanny. And you put the load right on me. You saved her, Calabria. You saved her. You saved her. That was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> well, can Ryan come? You know, every Friday night here. Where do you live now? Right? You live I in live LA. in Los Angeles. Oh, well, how, how, how long are you in town for? Uh, till the 19th. Good singer. Yeah, very good. Well, you good. know, Thank every you. Friday night, Gnome and, his, uh, and, and the musicians sing up here uh, oh, cool. at the Olive Tree Cafe. I don't know if I'm talking at a turn, if he would stop by and sing a song. You yeah, know? of course you can come. He can come and sing a song. And Dan, Dan always does that. I've never heard him, <laughs> like, pause and think about what to say. And he was always like, just say it. I'm, I'm not saying the wrong thing, am I? No, no. I remember one time, the, the older, I was, I was here, I think with, I think it was Dana Perino, you know, President Bush's ex-press secretary. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm, I'm having dinner with her uh, at the front of the restaurant there. And, and Dan walks up to me and goes, he goes, no, you got to tell these cooks to wash their hands when you use the bathroom. <laughs> 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 I'm not being out of turn, yeah. am I? <laughs> well, that's perfect. <laughs> and actually, I'm a, that's, that is actually true. I have a better true. one than that. I invited a girl down, and we were hanging out. No, 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 no. That's actually okay, true. Get that fucking mic out of Calabria's hand. Because <laughs> now it's going to become, down. let's all dump on Natterman. And we, we were hanging out, <laughs> and uh, I went that? to the bathroom, <laughs> and uh, Natterman walks up to the girl, and he goes, oh, so you're one of Calabria's girls, huh? No, no, wrong. Never happened. Never happened. Never happened. Never happened. Yeah. Never. Oh, she told you that happened? Yeah, well, she's wrong, because that never happened. I never did that. That's number one. Number two, this is not gang up on Natterman Hour, because we could easily gang up on, on, on you or, 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 you know. Or Ryan. Or poor Ryan. <laughs> no. Anyway. I, 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 no, that's, that's, uh, that's, not, uh, that's not accurate. I don't believe so. No, I never did that. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up. I, listen, I want to say, Ryan. We'll wrap it up. Um, we got time, my brother. It's only 7.50. Well, we're at 55 minutes, and we're going to cut in Ryan's song. Well, we want to maybe briefly touch upon Gary's uh, recent... Uh, oh, do you watch the Colbert uh, show? Uh, Ryan doesn't sound to me like he's, right. he's plugged into the comedy. I honestly... I, it takes me about 10 minutes to turn my television on because I cannot figure out how to turn it on. I had the guy come to come fix my TV. It was just unplugged. <laughs> oh, yeah, good old Ryan. <laughs> so, well, you know, that's a feminine stereotype, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, because a man. I didn't grow up with it. My brother was hogging it. <laughs> right. Well, uh, well Gary in any on, case, on Gary was on Colbert Report. For whatever reason, they. they that, that's our dear friend Jessica Pilot books that I believe, and uh, yeah, I'll email you the link. Was it scary? Um, it wasn't. You know, the the fact that it was in the Ed Sullivan studio. You know, if you think about all that stuff, you know, it could get a little frightening. Um, the fact that you know, it's like it's not that you do a, a TV appearance, you know, every day. So it's uh, just the the fact of, of going through that. But 
you know, I knew the material. So going in, I was just like, you know, go in and just do your thing. And uh, that kind of calmed my nerves. Your material perfect for TV. I didn't see the set yet, but Thanks. I haven't seen the set yet. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I always felt comfortable. You know, I've had past experiences of doing it. So like that kind of carries over of just like, all right, I've done this before. And you just kind of just, you know, barrel through it. And, you know, you know you're going to say your jokes. And uh, Wait, did you do Letterman in that theater? I didn't do Letterman, yeah, but AGT and Conan. Um, so yeah, In that theater? No, not in that theater. A AGT was in a Radio City yeah. musical, so I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That come to think of it, I did AGT. Yeah, but um, but you know, so the experience wasn't. You know, you're not like scared, but uh, you you wanted to you wanted to go well. You don't you don't want it to be like, all right, this is the time I screwed it up. Um, well, who were the other guests? Because that to me, whenever I do a late night talk show, to me, it's like I'm more interested in the opportunity to meet somebody cool. So. This time around, they actually did something different. They yeah. they taped a few pe few stand-ups and had a, a musical guest on top of that with Colbert going in the beginning. Like so, it wasn't it wasn't like the the a uh, the the, the A-list guest that was there that day, and then they just edited you into an episode. Oh, that so, sucks! Fucking sucks. It was yes. Cock. That was the first time that they they did that for uh, they, you know, for I, Colbert. I did that with Ferguson, but I knew ahead of time that's what it was. Yeah, where Ferguson oh. leaves the room, and then you it, come in, and then they edit it in. It changes it. It changes the. You experience don't feel like you're part of the show. Sure. Yeah, so you're not part of the show. However. Uh, and I found out about uh, doing the show totally, like, all together, like, two days right before. So I was, you know, I'm like, oh, great. And then, uh, and then you know, Jessica mentioned about, like, you know, that it's going to be a little bit different. I'm like, you know, whatever. I, I, you know, the main thing is, like, you want the credit. You want to have the, gr the, the good set. So that's the most important thing. The other stuff is just, like, kind no, of... But that stuff matters. It, I mean, it does. It does, it it does matter. Well, you does, also want to feel like you're part of the show, not like, all right, we'll edit you in later because we don't really consider you a real guest. Totally. I, I think that's more of like, um, you know, just something that they, I mean, they were able to get me on the first week of, uh, of January. So I was the first late night guest that they had on. Um, so, and while all the other shows um, were on like repeat. So it was nice to have that done. Meanwhile, a lot of people get bumped. So, you know, I'm just happy for the experience. But however... Yes, it would have been much cooler if I could have met 50 Cent, who was on uh, the I'd episode met, that I, I did a Conan episode. That's how he feels. I yeah, did exactly. uh, an episode of Conan years ago. It was about 10 years ago where Mr. Cent was on the show with me. <laughs> and uh, so I, go, I wanted to meet Fiddy, and I go into a room, and uh, it's like a room, bunch of black people in the room, and I'm like, which one's Fiddy? <laughs> did you get in trouble? <laughs> No, I All didn't right. say that out loud, but I didn't know which one Fiddy was. Right. <laughs> and then Fiddy said, hey. And I said, hey. You know, and then I met Fiddy. But to be honest with you, I don't, I'm not a rap fan, obviously. So meeting Fiddy wasn't, uh, wasn't the highlight of my life. But Jennifer Anderson was also on that show. And I met her briefly, and that was interesting. And it's fun, like, the first time I did Conan, I, it was, I believe it was Reese Witherspoon. And Ray Romano were on that show, and I got to go and sit on the couch next to Reese, and uh, you know, and she, you know, after like she watched me, she was on the couch watching as I performed, and then I sat down, and she said, "Oh, that was great," you know, and yeah. I just felt like, "Oh, I'm part of the show. I'm really in show business." And then Conan talks to you and says, "Oh, thanks for coming, whatever," you know, oh, and totally. you wave to the audience on the couch with Reese Witherspoon. So, He's so just telling you what you missed. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, no, you've done other oh, talk yeah. shows. Oh well, yeah. I did. Uh, I did Conan, and that was a, you know same thing. Where well, it's who like, was on that one? Uh, I mean, it, Kate McKinnon. Uh, McKinnon is that her McKinnon. name? McKinnon. McKinnon. From SNL. Yeah. And then um, another. I forget the other guy's name. Who was like the first guest, but he's not doing anything. 
uh, right now. He was in like Expendables. So, so Dan, Dan had better guests. Yeah, Dan had better well, guests. Well, I've done a lot Kate, of these shows, and Kate's I've had big some now. But I mean, it's just you know, I've I had know some so good ones. Rucker Hauer. Uh, who? Rucker Hauer. No, that wasn't. Is it the Expendables? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was Jean Claude Van Damme. No, it was, somebody, it was like a younger guy who I don't know. I've had like Broadway people but, on, and that's then you're really disappointed. Like, oh, some guy from some Broadway show you've never heard of. But or. being on the show with with the guests, being like, all right, this is a show. There's something about that that obviously makes it you know more special. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you just want the credit. You want to get on TV, and then on to the next thing. Anyway. But this way, when you go down to Aruba for Aruba Ray show, oh, yeah. they can put on the flyer oh, from yeah. the Colbert <laughs> show. We have to wrap it up. I want to tell Ryan that is a, a pleasure to meet you. And, Thank you. And He's a I, very I, nice young man. And Thank I you. actually, uh, I really believe in your message very strongly, and I and I think it could it could change a lot of hearts and minds if you, Thank you if you can get it out there. What about Jazz Jennings? Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I've met Jazz, and she's really nice and everything. I think like she was kind of like pushed into being famous too young, maybe so that like that's all she knows. So I feel like. I don't know, it's the same thing like that hap happens to a lot of like young celebrities. Like they don't really get to live. I don't think Noam knows who Jazz Jennings yeah. is because Noam's kind of old and out of it. But Jazz young folks yeah. uh, know who she is. She is a She's transgender. transgender activist. She had a show on the Learning Channel, I believe it was called. Uh, uh, I am it? Jazz. I am Jazz, and she's a yeah. uh, transgender activist. So uh, in any case. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, well, I guess that's it for uh, the show. Uh, oh, yeah, Christine Jorgensen, by the way, I, I, I put the two together, the tennis player. What was her name? Renee Richards? Renee Richards, yeah. So yeah. Christine Jorgensen was, um, just for, was, grew up in the Bronx and, and uh, was admitted into the Army and was like the first famous. So, by, the way, by the way, what do you think about, you have to go, what do you think about um, like sports teams? Like, do you think that a, a a born male who now identifies as a female should be able to compete against born females in like track events or weightlifting or whatever it is. I think they should um, test the hormones and see if they're at like a similar level than all the other athletes. And if they are, I think it's fair. Yeah. Does that does that science hold up? I don't know. That, that that's interesting. So in other words, if it if it can be equalized, then you're okay with it. Yeah, but, and I think that's what not. the Olympics does. They test the hormone levels. Yeah. Is that is that real? Like if we were Without testosterone, would we be as weak and and, and as, as women? Is it's all about the hormones? It's not all about the hormones. I'm, I'm wondering, like I'm this guy's like way. been living in LA a while, because like you hear it in his voice, like it's not about the hormones. I mean, he kind of <laughs> has an LA kind of uh, rhythm to his voice. I find. Like anyway. I'm, I'm a really small guy, yeah. and I'm not, in my whole life. I like I always joke like I can beat any woman in an arm wrestle like it's it's so even you if, can if she yeah. works out a lot even if she works out I, I doubt it I'm telling you I, I have never lost it. now I'm a pretty good arm wrestler and I'm sure somewhere there is a woman I'm sure somewhere there's a woman who can beat me of course uh, Judy Gold uh, no but I'm, I don't know That's percentage nice. wise you can well, win. but I mean, my, my point women. being that right. just that that, that there is a the tremendous Gold, uh, natural advantage that the average man has over the average woman in terms of strength and I'm wondering if that's only to do with hormones. Or is actually there's something else to it? Is it, is it something also chromosomally? I don't know. I don't know. Lou cut out the Judy Gold. Um, <laughs> no, 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 you said it. Well, okay. but you know, you have asked to be cut out too sometimes. I was, I was but just uh, anyway, um, yeah. What else do we have Say to ask this again. young man? Um, all right, back to LA with you, I guess. I have a question sure. actually for the comedians, mostly for what? you. Sure. What about me? I am curious. Oh, okay. You too. I'm. <laughs> Well, he's ask the Gary, guest. Ask, ask Gary. Good, good. Okay, I'm really curious to know good point, good point. how many 
hours a day or a week or a month you have to spend researching and watching TV and the news and to get all this knowledge because I mean I would not be able to be a comedian because I'm not like in touch with everything happening you know you can't turn on your TV. and you have to yes. you need a lot of knowledge and awareness of what's happening in the world to be a comedian is that true and um, yeah, how often I mean, you, do you have to do this research well it's, it's more so that uh, you have to do like you have to get up on stage so mm -hmm. like more times you get up on stage and like you know you're gonna kind of find jokes on stage mm. sometimes so but obviously you're gonna go on stage a little bit with topics and and you know Dan could clarify this too but like you want to live life a lot of my jokes are more about like life and like things that I might experience because mm. you know if you're sometimes if you're taking things out of the news, another comic might actually have you know the same premise um, or or uh, you know the same uh, same twist as you and punchline. But um, so I kind of take things that I might have experienced myself um, and then just you know write about that and then then take it to this uh, to the stage. But as far as hours go, you're kind of just uh, the more times you get on stage, the better and more yeah. more refined your jokes are going to be. Well, even though he, he didn't ask me, I will um, answer anyway. Uh, that I concur with Mr. Uh, Vider, Vider. Uh, at least with to answer your question, uh, zero um, is the amount of time I spend researching my jokes because my jokes are about me. Mm. And I don't need to do a lot of research to know uh, that, you know, I didn't get laid in high school. <laughs> in any case, it's about my life, mostly. Or about things that are very... I don't do specific shit. Now, this Comedy Central pilot... It's a different beast. ...is a different beast, and we are doing, because that's so the nature of the beast. This well, is the yeah, book my grandmother it, had. Yeah. I just thought, that's the book. Uh, but it's not that much reason. We're just doing... We're not doing... They're sending us topics. And we're not doing stuff that's very... Hard to, you know, it's stuff that everybody knows about, you know, like, um, yeah, big stuff that's in the news. Like, for example, uh, <clears throat> uh, Prince Harry. Prince Harry, everybody, is marrying a half-black woman. I don't know if you knew that. You didn't know that? No, I don't even know what Prince Harry looks like. Oh, for the love of God, <laughs> man. <laughs> I tell you, these young kids today, you know, they have no respect for the monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we, can we sign All right, up? I guess we'll go on that. No, thank you. Our well, dear I, I have to, there's a, there's a pilot going on. All right, right, right. Our dear friend I, Ryan Casada yeah. and his mother Fran Casada, or do you have another name? My last name is Love. Love? Fran Love. I love that name, baby. It's 1967. <laughs> Summer of Love. Like um, love. Uh, it's a wonderful name. So you're only half Italian, I guess. Anyway, um, yes, thank you for coming. Uh, Gary Vider. Vider. Whatever. Hey, it's a pronoun. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's not, uh, <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.